Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jim White. I'm your host, and I'm broadcasting live from beautiful Carmel, California, on July the 2nd. We have a fantastic show in line for you today. We're going to be discussing how we unconsciously block our greatest success and create unwanted problems. My guest is Dr. Rick Moss. He is the developer of precognitive re-education. He has an international practice and travels around the country conducting seminars and training people to do this work either personally or professionally. He is the author of the Light Traveler's Notebook and 18 Clearing CDs. Rick has a PhD in education from the University of Texas at Austin and is a minister of religious science. Louise Hayes has said of his work, you have a wonderful gift to offer to the world. Dr. Bill Little, minister of the Pacific Coast Church in Pacific Grove, California says, Rick's work is simply the essence of power and precision in mental work. Gifted with a powerful intuitive ability. Dr. Moss, welcome to the show. Good morning. Well, thank you, Jim. I'm really excited to be here. Let's uh, start off, Rick, with uh, talk a little bit about what is precognitive re-education. Let's give our audience, our listeners, a little education, and we'll start drilling down from there. So what is this? I named it precognitive because it deals with the subconscious, that which is before cognition. Mm-hmm. And it's re-education because I think my job is to help people connect to what is within them already. We could call that this core of goodness that I believe is our essential nature. I see this core of goodness like this billion-dollar bank account. And just like any bank account, you've got to get to the bank in order to make a withdrawal. You've got to connect to this source of goodness, this core goodness, to bring it into our life. My work is how do you connect to this core goodness? How do you bring it into your life so that you can live the fullness that it offers? Our audience, Rick, is a pretty tough group. And for the most part, I would say that our listeners around the world are pretty grounded in science. So when we talk about uh, unconscious precognitive, uh, and and as you know, I am such a supporter, uh, believer uh, in energy and unconscious and the things and what I call the baggage that gets in our way that we pick up along the way. But as we share for the next 55 minutes, I would like for us to at least open our eyes to our audience and say, is this for me? Will it really help me to obtain clarity in my life? Will it help my relationships? Will it help my financial life? So those are the areas that uh, I would would like for us to uh, drill down on as we uh, have our discussion this morning. And you can call in and ask Dr. Moss any question. The number is 619-768-7298. Once again, 619-768-7298. Okay, 
five things that we said that we were going to uh, give our listeners today, Rick. And let's start off with the, uh, the, the first piece. Why do people have blocks to manifesting and fulfilling their goals? How, why do they have it? How, how do they get there? How do they get in their way? Good place to begin. There is a distinct difference between our conscious mind, which processes, oh, about 40 bits of information per second. What you're hearing, what you're wearing, what you're seeing, just those typical things that are in the environment, that part of our brain processes about 40 bits. The subconscious processes about 40 million bits of information Mm. per second. So the conscious mind has very little power compared to the subconscious mind. So these blocks that exist in the subconscious are created by past experience that we have retained in the subconscious, by interpretations of those experiences, by fixations on what we think is going to make us happy from the past that may have nothing to do at all with the present. The nature of the subconscious, Jim, is this. It's like a basement. Hmm. And we have been putting things in that basement ever since childhood. And like any basement, if you put something down there but don't take it out, it's still there. All these things that we learned in the past, that we stuffed into the subconscious because we, they were hurtful, we didn't want to pay attention to them, or in childhood we had no power, no ability to deal with. These things have become part of our mental software, and they are affecting us now because the subconscious has no time sense. So if we were treated poorly in the past and we developed the sense of I'm not important, that feeling, that perception still lives in the subconscious. That belief is there stored as a present time perception. It's not when I was four, I was unimportant. It is I am unimportant, and it affects the present moment. That's why one one visionary said, unless you change who you are, you will always get what you always got. Unless you change who you think you are, you will always recreate what you got in the past. Change the software if you want to change the printout. Powerful, powerful words. Say that again, Rick. Change, what would you say? Change who you are? Change the software if you want to change the printout. If you've got a software glitch, it doesn't help to work on your printout to change all the (laughs) mistakes on the printout once it comes out of the printer. You've got to go to the software where the glitch is and change and make the correction there. That is our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And the subconscious, and, and and I think you stated it beautifully, from birth, from from the, from the moment we take our first breath, we start creating. And you know it's, bef- it's before birth. It's right? before that, Jim. It's yeah. when we yeah. are in utero. The child yeah. is connected to the mother, and the child yeah. is yeah. perceiving yeah. the emotions the mother has. Yeah. Yeah. The emotions... Uh, even to the nutritional, if you will, the emotion associated with that. And then we come into the world, and uh, in my term that I use a lot is, you know, picking up the baggage, the subconscious. And I love your definition of the basement. I like to give word pictures, and I think we've laid this out very clearly, and I want our listeners to uh, kind of step back for a moment and, and, and take these words in. It's powerful. Uh, Dr. Moss is going to really share uh, some, uh, some some tools today that can change your life forever. And 
we also talk about how to access our core goodness. The words are important, Rick. Core goodness. What is a core goodness? I I believe that there exists within us all of these wonderful qualities, creativity, intelligence, capacity to love, dedication, devotion. These are our core goodnesses along with other qualities. And my belief is that these are there in everyone, but they are covered over by the stresses, the misperceptions, the retained emotions, and the limiting beliefs that one develops in life. Just like the sun is always there during the day, even if the clouds are there. The sun is our core goodness. These qualities are our core goodness. It's always there. It's just covered up. Mm-hmm. How does this relate? And I'm going to go to the brain for the moment. We got to, we're talking about the un, uh, subconscious. Yes. I, I want to get a relationship of, again, to the subconscious, to the brain, and the word cognitive. The word cognitive is it's, it's a mental process of perception and memory, right? Yeah, uh, judgment, reasoning, uh, as it contrasted with emotion and volatility in a lot of cases. And we have five major regions of the brain uh, dealing with memory and attention and speed and flexibility and problem solving. So as we look at those five areas of the brain and we bring it back to the subconscious, how, how does all that come together? And I know I'm asking a, a question that we could do a dissertation on, uh, but uh, can, what, what do you think of that? Uh, bringing those the pieces together. The way I would jump in, jump into that one is actually with the triune brain theory. Mm-hmm. The triune brain says that we have three major brain functions. We have the um, the old brain in the back of the head that's reptilian. That reptilian brain functions for fight or flight for survival. It's there to keep us alive. It doesn't care about anything but that. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a midbrain that is mammalian. Mm-hmm. That midbrain allows us to care for young as opposed to just delivering young and moving on, this midbrain brings into our lives qualities of nurturing and care and devotion. And then we have the third brain, which is the higher functioning brain. And that allows us, that neocortex allows us all of these higher functionings, the capacity to understand the depths of our being and to function at that level. So I think that sometimes the subconscious has these old functions from the past that are interfering with our intention in the present. We may be fixated in our reptilian brain, and so our lives get fixated around survival, fight or flight, and we may not have any of those higher functions. They may be limited by um, our belief systems or um, or our life experience. And then what we need to do is turn them on to have a fuller life, to be successful in a, a whole different way, bringing forth more of our innate qualities. Uh, I love what Benjamin Disraeli, the mm. prime minister in England, said. He said, the secret of success in life is for a man to be ready for his opportunity when it comes. Ooh, amen. <laughs> Couldn't agree with that more. Uh, having a discussion with some clients yesterday, and uh, we obviously in California and other parts of the world. I mean, we we've, we've all been faced with some financial challenges of recent uh, months and years. That's it. It's that you got to be ready to be ready for that yeah. opportunity to come. And turning on the fullness of our brain by releasing the blocks that limit our functioning, that's one of the ways yeah. that we become ready. Yeah. Rick, in all your work, I mean, you, you've been at this a long time and just an impressive 
resume, when you first start talking to in, in your seminars, yes, and when you're introducing this work, what is the initial reaction? I mean, you see people's body language. How do they react to this? Do they say, I get it, or I don't want to get it? Is my question, you see where I'm going with this? I mean, are, are they finding why we have all these wonderful tools? People find that getting stuff out of the basement. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yes, yes. I think that A, it's work in an area that we're unfamiliar with, and I think that we like to do what we think we're successful at. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. scary to open a, a chapter, especially where emotion is concerned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're not going to be successful business people in life or successful people without turning on this this love ability. There, There's this beautiful idea in business, which is fall in love with your customer, not your product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to turn on that ability to fall in love with our customer, to really offer service at that level that goes beyond manipulation, that goes to true caring, which is going to truly make us successful, we have to explore this ability, which is the ability to love to turn on our capacity for passion and connection. And uh, for men in this culture, that's mm -hmm. often seen as a feminine quality. And yet I would offer, who would you rather have as a business partner, someone lo who loves what they do and loves people, or someone who's there really um, to function to get rather than to give? Mm-hmm. I also view it as a weakness too, right? Same thing. And seen as a weakness. Yeah. And I think it's our biggest strength. And and I couldn't agree with you more. It is our biggest strength. And I have a lot of my clients uh, are always saying, geez, we got to deal with all these business processes. I say, yes, we do. However, if you look at your profit and loss statement, 68% on average of your expense comes from what? Payroll and people. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what a concept. <laughs> Why don't we spend some time on, 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 on dealing with the people? Yet, in a lot of cases, this is a foreign concept. And the work that you're doing and other uh, thought leaders and spiritual leaders around the world, it is absolutely critical in my mind that we just set people on fire with curiosity to understand that they can get the stuff out of the basement and shed it and move on. So this is just what I love about your 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 work, and um, and that's what people what I want I want our listeners to really get. And once again, you can ask Dr. Moss any question by dialing six one nine seven six eight seven two nine eight. We're going to have to take a short break, uh, about a twenty second uh, break, and when we come back, uh, Rick, I want to talk to you about how this all deals with stress and what science we have around uh, by dealing getting stuff out of the basement, and what effect that has on the physical health as well. So we'll be back in just a second. Great. Inspiring excellence in people. You're listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio with your host, Jim White. Now, back to our show. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about stress. How does this work? I mean, how, we, we talk about stress. First, what is stress in your definition of stress? I like uh, what one of the leaders uh, of the stress idea, um, I think, uh, if I'm recalling his name, it's uh, Selye, Hans Selye, who wrote a major book on stress, if I'm recalling the name properly. He said what stress is, it's like putting your foot on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. <laughs> it's going in, in two directions at the same time. So this stress 
is um, at one hand we want to um, to be greatly successful, and on the other hand, at the subconscious level, we may feel that we don't deserve stress. We may be carrying stuff from the past that makes us feel unworthy of what we're creating, and that creates stress. Mm-hmm. Stress is also not loving ourselves enough to give ourselves the health and nutrition and time off necessary so that we're balanced because we're homeostatic machines. We're constantly looking for balance. You push mm-hmm. yourself too much in one direction and you don't compensate, you create stress. Boy, that's been my my 62 years of uh, con- continuous work. Balance, right? Yes. Balance. Balance in life. Balance. It's, it's, it's talk about the word fear and, and taking these words and connecting them to the basement and how it. So fear is what as it relates to stress. Does stress create fear? Fear creates stress. I mean, what's 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 going on in that dynamics in the in the subconscious? I think it's more about fear than mm-hmm. creating stress. Right. Let's say that we had a challenging childhood. Let's let's say that we never felt protected by our father. Let's say mm-hmm. our father was never around for us, never shepherded us into the world as the ideal father might a child. That that father may have been abusive, may have been alcoholic, may have been violent. That experience with a father or a father figure gets programmed in the subconscious about what we can expect from the world. Mother represents ourself. Father represents the world. If father was violent or not present or didn't stand up for us, we're expecting subconsciously a world that is attacking or a world that we can't depend on or a world that is threatening. That creates this underlying fear. This fear, then, because we're not even aware of it, and we bring it to everything that we're dealing with, creates this stress in dealing with the world. We may be successful at dealing with the world, but we've got the break going on at the subconscious and the accelerator going on at the conscious level, and we will create physical, mental, and emotional stress-related problems. And doctors tell us that a very high percentage of all physical ailments are stress-related. I've heard figures that run into the high 90s, stress-related. You don't want to spend all your life becoming greatly successful in business to lose it prematurely because you can't keep your health up. Right. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was... Reconnected with an old friend yesterday. It's been some some years, and he was sharing a story that uh, he said uh, two years ago he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and in, in, in shared this tremendous story and how it just rocked his world. And he's a very bright man. He's big New York M and A type of guy, and the guy that I knew in previous years was just like, you know, it's no prisoners. Let's just get it done. And he said something interesting to me yesterday. He said, "You know, Jim," he said, "It has made me to reassess life balance," and it's interesting. These words, they're they're not new. We've all heard them. Everybody in the world, all of our listeners, we've, we've heard it plenty. But it's, it's interesting that we have got to run along and then run up against the wall for us to sit back and take take some uh, uh, attention to who we are as individuals. And and that goes to 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 your point. I, I believe that uh, we just we just got to continue to. Uh, be open, look in the mirror, and bring this stuff up. 
But at the same time, people need to know that they can trust the practitioners as well. You, you see where I'm going with this. And this is one of the things that my friend uh, Steve was sharing with me. He said, you know, just being able to trust and having this uh, conversation that life is more. And he used the word energy, body energy. That word used a lot. So let's talk about energy in this relationship and all the things that you do. What is energy, your definition of that? I would call it life force. Mm-hmm. And I think that the life force in us can get blocked and hampered, just like a stream can get filled in with dirt and rocks, and that makes the life force of the the water that runs through it run slowly or tepidly or backed up so that it gets polluted. We have to remove the barriers so that our life force moves clearly and directly. And we talked about stress. Stress, I mm-hmm. think, is, is right. one of the biggest blocks in that river of life force. And I think uh, balance, as we talked about, mm-hmm. is, is key to keeping that river flowing. And passion, the passion of, for what we're doing. And I think that passion requires that we're doing it m- for more than just the money. Right, right. Absolutely. Quality of life. The thing we're doing is to generate a quality of life that you select, I like to say. Yes. There's, I have a, a le, um, three levels of success, as I think about it, that sort of relates to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. I think that the first layer of success is fulfilling one's goals. Okay, right. so we have certain goals and we fulfill them. And there's a certain level of self-worth that we gain from that but that's it's not enough we've fulfilled it as soon as we fulfill a goal we're going to be already thinking about the next goal so yeah. in and of itself fulfilling one's goal is only level one in success right. right so what's level two i think level two is being happy so let's say you fulfill your goals and you're able to come away with a sense of happiness because there's some beautiful balance in creating what you want and that you're happy from it. But I don't think that's the end. I think the level three is making the most of the gifts that we have and sharing our gifts in a fulfilling way. I think that is the the culmination of this success. We've fulfilled our goals, we're happy, but we're using the fullness of who we are. It's it's like if if we're playing piano with one finger and you're really good at it, you can make some, some good sounds, but try playing Mozart with one finger. Now you're mm-hmm. using all ten fingers and you mm-hmm. can create brilliance, but you've got to bring yourself fully into the world and bring those gifts fully into the world to feel truly successful. Mm-hmm. Rick, our listeners, I know they're going to want to learn more. Uh, and how would they contact you? Uh, you got a website that you can I give us? I do. I have a website. It's essentialpathways.com. All one word, essentialpathways.com. And it's it's a very interesting website. You can do a great deal of the work that I do on this website, and it's free. You can do the pathways, which are clearing experiences. One of the most successful part of the website, which we've won a number of awards for, something called Inner Oracle Cards, where it will tell you what issue is up for you, what negative tendency is up around that issue, and how to clear that issue from the subconscious and conscious mind. And it has four decks of cards face down. And my son developed the mechanism Mm -hmm. of how this works. And if you like it, you can download it on your um, Android or iPhone. It costs a buck ninety-nine, and you can carry it with you anywhere. It's a a very wonderful little tool. Um, I have a number of CDs that are one-hour sessions that clear about seven misperceptions per CD. 
And um, if someone wants to contact me directly, they can either do it through my website or they can uh, email, email me at rmossphd at aol.com. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And, if, and Jim, I would like to... W- yeah, go ahead. I would I would like to just add that actually most of the work that I do, I do over the phone. And I do over the phone with people all around the world. And uh, the work that I do really lends itself to um, phone work. Mm-hmm. That was a follow-up question, so you saw it coming. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I've experienced that over the phone. And uh, it's a, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, how can you do this type of work over the phone? I know that. How, how, do, you, how do you do it? Uh, what's the impact? How, how do we do that? How well, in my, in my case, I actually have a, an intuitive gift. Right. Um, it's called uh, psychokinesiology. Mm-hmm. That is that the the mind and the body are connected to be able to give a, a yes-no answer. And this is something I train people to do and have done for 25 years, I can literally ask a question about the subconscious and I can get an answer in my own body. My neck goes forward and back for yes and sideways for no as there's some guiding factor in this innate intelligence that can answer the question. So I People can come, they can say, I've got this particular problem, I can track it back to their mental software and then I can help them with affirmations, insight, and processes to clear out the junk from the basement that was blocking the flow of their innate wisdom and power so that they can recreate what is natural to them in life. Mm -hmm. Are there any studies that you are aware of taking your work and to, to be able to measure that for A, reduction in stress, B, uh, any disease, or how, how, does, how does that play? I mean, what you you got a lot of experience, but if we remove all of these blockages, what's the linkage between, I'll say, the relationship of the uh, Western civilization medical practice and, and prevention, if you will? Is Is there something to be said about that? Well, I think I would just point to what I believe is the figure of 98% of disease is psychosomatic. Right. So if in the the Western medical practice they've come to realize that the mind affects the body so profoundly, if the mind affects the body, we can extrapolate that the mind affects everything. And we take a look at the research that athletes use, and what they do is they imagine that they are, for example, skiing down a particular slope. And the research shows that their body will react with the same muscle reaction as if they were actually skiing down that slope. Mm-hmm. So what we know is that the, that the subconscious can't distinguish between real and imagined. And that's why we can use this tool to mm-hmm. clear away all sorts of blockages through guided visualization and we can move forward in cleaning house by using the mind and that will affect the body i, I couldn't agree with you more i i've always been blessed and, and I, mentally i can go into this space and i can see what i call the uh, have the end result i mean i i, I know exactly what it looks like Mm. Uh, and uh, in, in all of my training I've done over the years to be able to say, "Wow, this is this is what it this is where we're going," uh, and, and have that in in mind at all times, and to be able to allow uh, that to affect the body. And, and you mentioned the professional athletes; that is is classic because the high performing athlete sees it every step, every motion, uh, before they actually play that out. And that, again, is coming from uh, 
what part of the brain, if you will? I'm coming back to the brain just a little bit. Well, where, where does that, how do we develop that? I, I guess that's the question I'm looking for, Rick. How, how, do they, I, how does one develop that visualization? I think it's about practice. I mm-hmm. think that it's it's a tool that we develop, uh, and some of us have that ability right off the bat, but many of us have to work at it for a while. It may seem artificial, um, but as one practices, one develops the ability to see within oneself, to visualize from within. At some point during today, if you like, I can lead people through a process um, a visualization that includes stress release, and people can see what it feels like to use visualization as a way to de-stress and to throw off the retained emotions that are stuck in the basement. Just do it. Great. How do you go about doing that? Um, I'm. Um, I could do it in about oh. Seven minutes, if you think we can allocate seven minutes to an experience. I want to allocate seven minutes to this experience. All right. Let's do it. I'm all so here. I'm going, I'm going to ask people to sit in a comfortable manner. Take some quieting breaths. You can think breath in, tension out. Breath in, tension out. And I'm going to ask them to do that six times. Breath in, tension out. Breath in, tension out. One more time. Breath in, tension out. And I'm going to ask you to imagine that you're standing on the ground in what we're going to call point A. And I'm going to ask you to imagine that there is tension and stress in your body and you can start tuning into your body. We don't necessarily have a lot of skill yet in feeling into our body, but there is a felt sense of the inside of our body that we can develop. And so, as we tune into our body, looking for this sense of constriction, tension, nervousness, doubt, stress, we may feel a tightness, we may feel our gut is constricted. This is the effect of the tension and stress. I'd like you to imagine, if you will, that this tension or stress or emotion is like a dark liquid. And you can start to drain out that dark liquid out your feet into a collection point under the ground of point A. Now we're giving a visual cue to the subconscious. Drain out this tension, stress, or emotion. The subconscious now knows what we want it to do from the imagery. The subconscious speaks imagery better than it does English. So you tell your mind, drain that out. It doesn't know what that means as well as the image of seeing that dark liquid drain out, carrying the tension and the stress. Imagine that that tension and stress has drained out to your waist, drained down to your knees, and out your feet. There is a path that connects point A to point B. I'd like you to imagine that there are pebbles on that path that have the capacity to draw out more tension and stress. The path starts out with dark pebbles and it ends up with light pebbles. Start walking down that path to point B. 
holds the thought that these pebbles can draw out more of this subconscious tension and stress and emotion effortlessly. You don't have to do anything but walk to point B. Step by step, imagine yourself getting lighter and freer and easier. Step by step, you're halfway to point B. Keep going, holding the intent that tension and stress is drawn away and that you are becoming more yourself, free of that tension or stress. Imagine now you're three quarters of the way and now about to step into point B. Now, step into point B and imagine, if you will, that you are standing in the light of point B and this light is caring. It's kind. It's supportive. It's nurturing. It's peaceful. It's safe. What if you were standing in this safety, in this peace, in this welcoming energy? You didn't have to earn it. It's just there. It's there at your core. It's part of your core goodness. It's loving. It's kind. It's supportive. It's intelligent. And you are standing in that at this moment. Drink it in. Receive it. Become aware of this goodness that's already there inside you. Now, as you stand in that light of your core goodness, ask yourself, do I still feel as tense, constricted, fearful, or limited, stressful? If the answer is yes, imagine that you could open up as if you were hinged and let the remaining stress and tension or emotion fly out as if it was a, a series of blackbirds. And these blackbirds are flying out, going back to light and disappearing, leaving you more connected to that light within yourself, that core goodness that is the opposite of stress. Now, tuning into yourself and how you feel, you may well notice more relaxation, more ease, more openness, more connection. So move forward, heading back towards point A. Every step that you take, the light comes with you. All the pebbles turn to light. There is a clear and lighted path back to point A. And as you return to point A, you bring that light of yourself, of your core with you, and it dissolves any of that stress and emotion that you put into the ground there so that you are standing in the light at point A without that stress, without that tension, more connected to yourself and truly more yourself and less stressed. And for this we say, this is my birthright. This core goodness is myself. And I give great thanks for this core goodness that I am. And so it is. Wow. <clears throat> wow. I feel like I'm floating. Mm. That's not an unusual experience when we connect to the core goodness. That core goodness is always there. It's just covered over. It is our inherent nature. All we have to do is remove the blocks. The clouds go, the sun shines. That sun is essential to our success in life. That sun is essential to our the attitude, to bringing the fullness of attitude that is the number one element in the hierarchy of success. 
that attitude is the attitude of success, the attitude of who we are brought into the world. What a gift, Dr. Moss. What a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Clarity. Um, the clarity. Uh, excuse me. The 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 the, the clarity. It's. Uh, is it unusual? I've seen some little light, if you will, as you were doing your session. Mm. Interesting. I think light is our core nature. I think yeah. think uh, any study of spiritual texts will talk about the, our divine nature as light. And I think the more we connect to the core, the more we are lighted beings from within, from that connection. Can you imagine if we could open, I'm, I'm going to go back to enterprise and business. Yes. If we could open every industry up to this experience and this clearing, removing stuff from the basement, and dealing with. Can you imagine if we started introducing these concepts at the early age of adolescence? Yes, yes. There are paths to happiness and freedom and, and success, and I love your definition of, of the brain in those three sectors there. Mm. Can we imagine... If we uh, went into our penal institutes, uh, our jails, juvenile homes, our foster homes, and made this available to those folks. Now all I need to be is become Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and uh, fund that project, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm all for that one. You know, I think so much is lost in in corporations by the internal conflicts within the organization, the personality conflicts, the infighting, the backstabbing. Right. I think all of that comes from the subconscious and our relationships from the past where which we project onto the leaders. Mm-hmm. That we think of the leaders as we did our parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to clean up our relationships with our parents so we don't project them onto other people and we can see other people for who they are, not how they appear as our parents appeared. One of the things about relationships, and I do a, a lot of work in relationship counseling, and in fact, I'm just about to teach a six-week six course on conscious relationships one of the is that, that, is that over the phone or that no that's actually are... going to be here in um in pacific grove california is it but uh i do i do i even do couples counseling over the phone and what we know is that we tend to work out our issues with our parents in marriage if we haven't worked it out before marriage. So we tend to marry a combination of our mother and father and try and work out our resentments and hostilities towards our parents (laughs) with our current partner. And it's a waste of time. Deal with the issues before marriage and then use marriage to support and grow. (laughs) And I think the same gets projected into the, the business environment. Let's clean that up. Let's let's all pull together. We're so much stronger when we pull together than we pull apart. Boy. So well said. And it's so true about relationship and marriages and uh I mean we we've all experienced it to some degree or the other, haven't we? We sure have. What we I bring mean, to our I, relationships. You know, one thing I forgot to mention, um and this is a great place where people might might want to take a look at okay. this work. I've written a free ebook okay. called Awakening to Our Greatness. And this is on my website at essentialpathways.com. Um you can page down to the bottom of the 
the homepage, and there's a link to the free ebook. And the ebook is multimedia. It it looks like a real book, and it sounds like pages turning. And there are there's cool. video and audio and uh, slides, and there's a picture of that basement that we've been talking about. It might be useful to to look at that to really get that sense of the basement of our subconscious and get this idea that just because we put something there. Um, 50, 40, 30 years ago, it doesn't mean that it's gone. That's Sometimes it's necessary to do what we call inner child work, and a lot of people have a great resistance to it. They feel it's demeaning, and they feel, they feel well, get over it. That was 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But Suck it doesn't up work that way. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. If you stuck it in the basement 40 years ago and you didn't want to look at it then, that was probably very smart. Because you probably couldn't do anything when you were six years old. But now, at 46 or 56, you can clean it out. And when you do, you have a different potential than when you didn't clean it out. Well, I can, I can attest, uh, I've done that. Uh, I'm a uh, product of the Vietnam conflict. Mm. coming back in uh, 68, 69, 70 in that area. And just recently, Rick, have I started to deal with some of those demons, if you will. Yes. Just recently, over 40 years. And I've done what I call, I put things in a silo, put it over here. Because one, in the 60s, we didn't have a mechanism, in my mind, prepared to help the returning vets. Yep. And the veterans are dear to my heart. Yes. And what's going on currently. And to be able to make this work available to our returning veterans would be such a gift as well. Is just part of their uh, re-entry into life, if you will. And if we don't address those issues, they will continue to manifest broken marriages, addictions, and we can just go on and on and on. You're right. You're so right. I think post-traumatic stress has to be dealt with and and there are many ways um to get that stress that tension that overload out of the nervous system so that the nervous system can return to high functioning again but something has to be done to clean that stress out this tool meditation turns out to be very effective in post-traumatic stress syndrome um just loving attention turns out to be effective. Hugely so I, effective. I so agree. Yeah, hugely effective. Just having the attention and the understanding and the caring. But as generations come and go, the mark that you and other spiritual, uh, and I, I like to use that word spiritual and thought leaders are leaving for us and building on these concepts that are thousands of years of old, right? This is not all yeah. new stuff. You're right. It's been around for thousands of years. But for the family unit to be able to introduce this at an early age. But in order to really affect that, then we've got to do a couple of things as Cut down on the divorce rate, right? Single parent homes. <laughs> yes, yep. Another issue. So, for our listeners out there worldwide, it, it you know, and, and this is not just a issue confined to our Western civilization. This is a global issue and an opportunity to deal with it within these clearings that uh, that Dr. Moss has been sharing with us. 
You mentioned your six weeks course over in PG. Uh, how, do, how often do you do those? Um, the relationship course, um, I offered one on intimacy a couple of years ago, and I've been asked to to um, do this one. Um, it'll be offered locally at the Pacific Coast Church. It'll mm-hmm. be Tuesday evenings and this is something that that I can do in many forms. It could be done as a weekend. It could be done as individual sessions. But I think it's so so important that we understand the art of relationshiping and what stands in the way of it. Because I don't think we're going to be happy in life or fulfilled until we have established our capacity to be in relationship first with ourselves and then with others. Mm-hmm. Can people get the information about that class on your website, or is it sold out? Or it will be on my website. It, it doesn't start until September, and oh, okay. I'm at the. Okay. I'm okay. right right now, just sort of putting it together. Okay. Um, I am teaching um, my work locally um, next week at at a Unity Church. You can call me if you'd like to know about that weekend workshop. Um, or you can email me and I'll send you the flyer for it. Um, I, tra- I do travel around. Um, I expect to be up in uh, in Canada uh, teaching there in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm around. Yeah. You know, one there's there's one thing that I'd like to do. There's a, a quote that I came across while I was preparing for this show from sure. Donald Walters, and and mm-hmm. he summarized um, what I'm saying in such a nice way. And he said, subconscious reluctance can defeat a person's most strenuous efforts to succeed, even mm-hmm. as pushing on both ends of a car will thwart every effort to remove it from a ditch. Hmm. Got to stop and take those words in. Hmm. Such a words. clear picture of yeah. wanting to change something and not wanting to change something from different <laughs> parts of our mind. Right, right, right. We have two minutes left. And uh, we can still get some calls in, if you'd like to do that, 619-768-7298. And the show is uh, streaming live in archives. You can access it uh, via uh, iTunes, uh, many, many ways to do it. And we will also make a uh, uh, link available for you, Rick, so you can add it to your website as well if you'd like to do Thank that. Thank you. That would be wonderful. Yeah, just embed the player for your website. In our remaining time, uh, just sum it up a little bit. What what can people take away? You've given a lot of great information, and that uh, guided session was wonderful. Uh, in 30 seconds or less, I mean, what should people, how do they take this information and put it into action? Uh, how, do they, how do they move it? The 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 first step is to to open to the possibility that there is greatness inside of us, that billion dollar bank account that we haven't accessed fully before. And there is no reason to stay in limitation and pain and want and judgment and fear and lack. This billion dollar bank account is our birthright, it's our birth inheritance. And our job is to find out how to get it and to live it and to share it. And that's what this work is about. Mm-hmm. And one last time, your website again, please, Rick. Essential Pathways, all one word, EssentialPathways.com. Okay. Rick, it's been a pleasure. It's it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. I I, I learned so much, and the session was uh, very powerful for me, and I'm sure it's the same with our uh, listeners around the world. So I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I I really appreciate the work that you do and uh, who you are as a person. So thank you very much, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And until next time, this is Jim White saying, have a great day. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure.
You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.